0: When we were at that Tony Robbins event, I remember sitting there and feeling a little guilty, like, you know, we're not taking out money and putting it into the stock market or putting into bonds. Like uh, we're not really doing a great job saving the percentage that we should be saving. And I think in my mind, it was like, oh, we should save at least 20 or 25% of our income every year and be putting it into you know, safe investments. And now that I reflect back on that a year later, it's like, are you kidding? We, we've we been saving so much of our income for so long, but we're saving it a little bit differently. We're making down payments. And so we've actually been doing this all along mm-hmm. in a much greater scale than even 25% in more recent years. And that's made all the difference for us for sure.
1: Yeah. I remember that event and it, yeah, I felt guilty too. I was like, Hey, we're not saving at all. No, we are saving. We are. We're just ignoring the fact that we're saving.
0: Are you interested in learning more about owning your own portfolio cash flowing rentals? If so, we invite you to take our free mini course, the Crash Course in Cash Flowing Rentals. When you take our mini course, you'll learn the strategies we use to build our portfolio. You'll also get to see several of our students featured who have successfully built their own portfolios as well. To take our crash course, link to semi-retiredmd.com forward slash mini course, M-I-N-I, dash c-o-u-r-s-e or visit our website at semiretiredmd.com and link to the crash course on cash flowing rentals there you may also want to join a wait list for our introductory course zero to freedom through cash flowing rentals while you're at our website too we'll see you there
1: this episode is sponsored by our brand new course called Fastfire bookkeeping for real estate investors Do you have a pile of receipts and a bunch of statements that are stacking up in your office and the pile isn't getting any smaller? Are your rental properties getting you closer to financial freedom? Do you even know how your properties are performing? Well, the answer to your problem is doing your books the right way, and that's what our course is about. We'll teach you how to set up your books the right way, not just for tax time, but also so you can unlock the insights that will help you maximize your cash flow. For more information or to sign up, Go to semiretiredmd.com forward slash fast fire bookkeeping. Welcome to the Doctors Building Wealth Podcast, the place where we talk about the strategies, habits, and mindset that separate wealthy docs from those who are not. We're your hosts, Laiti and Kenji.
0: This week, we're going to talk about how investing in real estate can actually force you to save. And this is actually what we found during our journey is that by buying cash flowing rentals, we saved much more money than we ever would have without doing this.
1: Yeah. And it's funny. I I think this came up uh, when uh, one of our students posted something in our membership site. It was this funny picture about a guy who just sitting there looking dejected. And the, the caption underneath says, I walk around like I'm okay, but deep down inside, I want to buy two more houses. And, uh,
0: and, and we all go through that. I think I think once you start investing in real estate, like that's how you feel. You're always looking for new properties. And yeah, you look like Maybe you're just sitting there working, but you're really thinking about real estate all the time.
1: Yeah. And and the shift here is that most people, when you're thinking about real estate, right, you're thinking about you're actually buying something or you're spending money, you're not saving. But if you really think about it, you actually have to save for down payment in order to buy that property right Mm -hmm. so that's what a lot of people are doing the first step actually is to save up money and then you're setting that money aside instead of buying something like a new car or new jewelry or whatever it is you're actually setting that money aside to then put that into an investment a property Mm -hmm. and when we say what are they buying well they're buying a cash flowing rental and the reason why that's important is because unless it's cash flowing it's not an asset. If it's not cash flowing, it's a liability. So now you're taking that money and putting it into an asset that's making you money.
0: Yeah. And I know early on, I felt this shift in my psychology that we're talking about that a lot of our students feel. Whereas I would say, yeah, we need a new car. But at the same time, if I took that 40,000 or whatever I was going to put into a car and I bought myself a cash flowing duplex instead, then it made 10,000 a year in four years, I would be able to pay for that car. In the meantime, the car's value has decreased really significantly. And so it became this, actually, everything became valued in comparison to the property that I could buy with that money. And it totally shifted the way we saved because all of a sudden we started Saving a lot more money, spending it on a lot less liabilities, like you were talking about, and just accumulating these assets, these cash flowing rentals. And then one of the things I think that also helped with this was just kind of tracking our net worth and actually seeing how it changed over time as we bought each of these properties. Because oftentimes we were putting down, you know, 20, 25% in down payment. That was that forced savings, right? We couldn't spend that on something else now. And then we were actually gaining equity in these properties. We were cash flowing. You know, The renters were paying down our mortgages. So every six months or a year, when we looked at our net worth, it was increasing just over time. And, and that was kind of self-fulfilling. It was like, oh, I want more. I want more.
1: Yeah, I think that's something that a lot of people don't realize about our journey, right? I mean, you guys, when you hear about our number of properties we own and the cash flow that we make, but it all started somewhere, right? And a starting point wasn't very glamorous. I mean, it was hey, we need to actually cut down on Starbucks. Actually, that was one of the things that we did was that we actually started budgeting. We started looking at our numbers. We started saying, okay, where are we spending money? One of those places was Starbucks. Another one was Nordstrom. And we specifically cut down on those things in order to be able to save that for real estate, right? And that was a huge behavioral shift. And that's what that kind of post that our student put up. And that's exactly what's happening is that they've actually shifted their mindset from I'm going to go buy, you know, Nordstrom's or car to I'm going to set aside that money. and I'm not going to spend it because all I want is another couple of duplexes.
0: Yeah. It reminds me actually another one of our students put up something on Valentine's Day. Mm I don't know if you remember. Mm -hmm. And it was like, is it weird that my focus is not on the jewelry that's showing up on my feed, that actually all I want is another duplex for Valentine's day. That's all I tell my husband is that's what I want for, for my birthdays, for my Christmas is I just want more real estate. The diamonds don't interest me at all anymore. And I thought that was very similar. It's, it's awesome. It it really does change what you do going into diamonds. Like I actually didn't get an engagement ring. Right. right. And that was part of it too, was just knowing that, I wanted that money to go towards stuff that was going to free us in the future, not to be on my ring finger.
1: Yeah. I think one of the main points of this episode for me is that, you know, in the course, we talk about learning the mindset and the strategies to buy cash flowing rentals. And that's going to, you know, if you can learn those skills, right, then you can kind of keep. Replicating that and buying more properties and growing your wealth. And the thing that I don't think that I realized until more recently was that the first shift that people actually make when they're taking our course is to start saving, right? And to stop spending money on things that aren't going to help build your wealth, right? Mm -hmm. And so what's interesting is that we actually have this coaching program uh, to help people buy their first property because our belief is once you learn how to buy that first property, Then you're going to have the knowledge, the mindset, the confidence to go out and replicate that and build a whole portfolio and eventually build your empire. And one of the things that I noticed though was that a lot of students, while they hadn't purchased a property, they actually had a a significant amount of money set aside. And I actually celebrated that with them. I said, hey guys, realize like what you've done. You've actually set aside this money. Just that act has actually probably changed the trajectory. Of your, of your savings and your wealth mm-hmm. uh, because you made that decision to change your behavior and that is going to carry you through. And if you keep doing that, right, if you keep carrying that behavior forward and you kind of delay kind of purchasing some of those things, but it's not even delaying Purchasing, it's not delayed gratification anymore because people actually prefer buying a duplex over a car now. Right. So uh, that's one cool thing. It's like a win-win. Like you're not delaying gratification. You're actually buying the thing that you actually want. And that thing you want is actually helping you grow your wealth.
0: And we're six years in now, right? and one thing we decided to do right away is actually to take all the cash flow and all the tax savings from every property that we got and reinvest it into real estate and not spend it. And so we've been doing that every year, and that's really helped because of the compounding effect of diligently setting aside that money and making sure it feeds back into our real estate rather than living on it. And so that's part of what we did for many years was you know, having our doctor's income, making sure we were saving up money from our from our income to buy more real estate, but then all cash flow and all tax savings fed back into real estate. And that's part of what allowed us to grow so quickly,
1: yeah. And so there there's some things that you can do to kind of uh, start saving money. And I think we should t- start talk about some of the these strategies. We created a, a nice checklist for you that you can download and it's basically called increase my savings uh, checklist. And you can download that at semiretiredmd.com forward slash save. But the, the checklist is, is going to cover strategies like automated savings, right? And that's actually this strategy of automatically setting aside money, as soon as you get your paycheck, that money goes directly into a savings account. And the way that people describe this is that they say, you pay yourself first, right? right? And that is a really great strategy for building up your savings because you never see that money to spend, right? So your bank account is much less at the beginning of every month uh, because you've already set aside and paid yourself first. So that's one strategy uh, that you can use. And something else that uh, we learned uh, at Tony Robbins, for those of you who are entrepreneurs, if you've already started your rental business, is something very similar, which is actually you need to take money out of the business, mm-hmm. right? And that's that's something that entrepreneurs don't tend to do. They actually tend to want to bet on themselves, right? And so what they do is they take whatever money that they made on the business and put it back into the business to grow it, right? And we always struggle with this with our company, right? Is thinking about responsible growth versus just growing for no reason other than just, just to grow, right? Or you know, do you just kind of like grow slowly and become more profitable, right? What's the better way of doing it? You know, for us, I think what we've kind of landed on is grow the business kind of responsibly, slowly, make more profit, and then take that profit and not reinvest all of it back into the company, but actually right. set aside and take some of that money out of the business. And so, for those of you who have a rental business, kind of same thing. Like, if you do have some uh, extra money, some extra cash flow, right? Instead of living on it, what Leity was saying was that actually reinvest it. And actually, the, the step that's missing there in that description is that you're actually saving first. And then you're reinvesting it, right? You're not spending it. So you are saving it. So those are kind of two things that are going to be on the checklist that you want to look at, but there'll be some other strategies as well.
0: This episode is sponsored by our upcoming virtual conference called the Fast Fire to Freedom Summit running August 17th through the 20th, 2021. Are you curious about investing in real estate, but aren't sure if it's the right fit for you? Join us and other trailblazing physician investors and their spouses for a four day deep dive into their experiences, building their real estate portfolios. You'll hear from them about how investing in real estate, specifically cash rentals, has accelerated their journeys to fire and to freedom. See the link in the show notes for additional details. We'll see you there.
1: This episode is brought to you by Dan Peck of Caliber Home Loans. If you're an experienced investor, you'll know just how important it is to have a lender who knows how to work with investors. Now, we've been working with Dan and his team for over five years now, and he's our go-to whenever we need a residential loan for our investment properties. Now, if you're new to investing, you might not know this, but your lender can sometimes be the difference between getting a great deal or completely missing out on it because your lender couldn't close a deal. Now, I did want to point out that Dan can help you not only with your investment properties, but also if you're looking to buy a primary residence or a vacation home. So the next time you're looking for a residential lender, be sure to email Dan at semi-retired md at caliberhomeloans.com to get a free consultation.
0: When we were at that Tony Robbins event, I remember sitting there and feeling a little guilty, like, you know, we're not taking out money and putting it into the stock market or putting it into bonds. Like uh, we're not really doing a great job saving the percentage that we should be saving and i think in my mind it was like oh we should save at least 20 or 25% of our income every year and be putting it into you know safe investments and now that i reflect back on that a year later it's like are you kidding we we've been saving so much of our income for so long but we're saving it a little bit differently we're making down payments and so we've actually been doing this all along mm-hmm. in a much greater scale than even 25% in more recent years. And that's made all the difference for us, for sure.
1: Yeah. It's like, you know, you look at the cash flow and the tax savings, right? Because we have real estate professional status. You know, we have all this tax savings, a big tax refund when we file our taxes and then we reinvest it. But again, the part that's missing in that conversation is that, no, no, we're actually saving it and then we're investing it, right? Yeah. And so I just... Yeah, I remember that event, and it, yeah, I felt guilty too. I was like, "Hey, we're not saving at all. No, we are saving. We are. We're just ignoring the fact that we're saving." And so, yeah, so that's a that's a really a really good point.
0: And I want to also bring up when we read "Rich Dad Poor Dad," mm-hmm. one thing that stood out to me was there was the story of his wife and how she would she wanted some fancy car and he said okay go buy the cash flowing property that's going to pay for your car mm-hmm. right and that also kind of flipped my mindset a little bit i was like oh so people will just they'll do a lease on a car and that cash flowing rental they put that money into is paying that lease but now they still have all the equity and the Market appreciation, the forced depreciation, all this other money that they're making mm-hmm. instead of just going and buying that car. Well, even, that was powerful.
1: Even if the cash flow on that was paying for the lease, that savings, like the down payment, it's still there, right? Yeah. And, and and of course, you know, you're you're still growing that. You have debt pay down, right? You have other sources of return, not just the cash flow. And so your money is growing, but the key is is that you've actually saved that money there.
0: And I think the likewise, like a lot of people ask us why we don't own a primary residence. Mm -hmm. And then they think of if they're paying rent, that that's throwing away money. But the fact is, if you took that down payment and all, you know, any rehab or the property insurance and all that stuff that you were going to put into your primary residence and bought a cash flowing rental, that might actually cover your rent each month. And now you actually have an asset, not a liability, and you're no longer... It's not really throwing away rent, right? it's It's actually cash flow just coming out of your property that's paying your your current rent and then you're building wealth in the meantime.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. and and I think another story that I think about is that you know we surround ourselves with a group of uh, very, very successful entrepreneurs. And as you get to know them, you you hear their stories about how they've formed very, very successful companies. Uh, and then they sold those companies. And so they you know, made money from the sale of those companies. And then you hear kind of what they did with, with that money. And, and like I was saying earlier, they bet on themselves and they said, okay, I'm going to start the next company. So they take take that entire amount and without paying themselves, right? We just talked about that. Right. They're actually putting that back into another company. And so, you know, as I think about that, it's like, wow, you know, it, you're really kind of placing a bet on a business and, you know, in you know, a lot of businesses fail, right? So it's kind of like, well, if you had kind of set aside some of that money and and invested it, right, somehow, then, you know, you would be uh, in a much better place. And that's actually the, the part that I left out here is that a lot of those highly successful entrepreneurs, because they're constantly taking that money that they made off of their companies and putting it back into their next company, and not pulling out money, they actually are financially, they're not actually set, right? They're not in a financially safe place necessarily. And so that really kind of struck us, right? When we heard that, right? Yeah. And we found out their stories.
0: Yeah, because they haven't bought assets that pay them each month, right? They've just taken money, put in the next one, and now they're still trading time for money. And usually when you're an entrepreneur and you're starting a business, your trade for time for money is terrible. Right. Mm-hmm, right. <laughs> so you're trading your time for money at a very low rate. And if you had taken some of that initial profit and just bought some assets that were making you money, you have that stability. Those are also increasing your wealth. And then you just take a portion of it and put it into your next business. And yeah, I wish that more people understood how to invest in real estate so that they could have that choice. Because I think a lot of times people don't even see that choice as an option. They just okay, move on to the next business because that's what I understand without realizing that you actually have this option of a second business, which really is a real estate business that's a lot more passive than your entrepreneurial venture that could be making you money and giving you stability and growing your wealth without you having to trade time for money at this terrible rate that you're doing just by putting all of it into your business. Yeah. Now, I want to shift gears and put something in there that we weren't planning on discussing. How do you at some point let's say you've amassed a fair amount of wealth now you've got a ton of cash flow going in how do you decide at which point you're going to start spending that money mm-hmm. right and how are you going to spend that money because i think a lot of times people will amass wealth they'll be so used to you know kind of deferred gratification or or putting things off like i i know for many many years we put off you getting a tesla so So how do you make that shift? Because you don't want to live your whole life just saying, I'm going to keep building my real estate, building my real estate, never living off of it, you know, and then pass it all to your kids either.
1: Yeah, that's true. I mean, I I think that it's a real issue, uh, especially if you get into the habit of saving uh, Mm -hmm. and investing, then the question does become, you know, at what point do you start spending on yourself, right? Or, or on others, or even, you know, giving it away. So that's a great question. And I don't know that I have an answer to that. I can definitely see in my parents, the downside of having this kind of savings mentality uh, and living in that space all the time, because if you do, then yeah, all of a sudden you're 80 years old and you're still kind of flying like, you know, economy class, you know, and risking getting a DVT, which just doesn't make any sense to me. Right. So, but for them, that's just natural, right? That's just their kind of the way they've really trained themselves to live right? Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't have a really good question. Uh, if you're listening to this and uh, you have some ideas, uh, definitely please uh, leave us some comments. But, but yeah, I don't know how to make that shift uh, myself. Of course, you know. yes, I did go buy that Tesla. So we have started making that shift and we got you a short-term rental. <laughs> right, which I was so, so excited about. That, yeah. was,
0: that was what I really wanted was a short-term rental. I think even when we started out, we gave up a lot of things. We gave up My Nordstrom card, we gave up Starbucks and we gave up replacing your car. But at the same time, there were some things that we continued to do, right? I don't ever feel like we were not having good quality of lives. Like we made sure that travel was the most important thing to us. So we still set aside some money for travel. And so I think that the ba- there's a balance here. and And again, neither of us purport to know the right balance. And probably the right balance is different for different people too. But our balance was we would still spend some on travel. And then we were very cognizant about, again, saving some amount. And then rolling over everything that we made from our rentals back into real estate. But as it's gone along, we have actually had really some focus on making sure we were also starting to spend more as we grew instead of always just doing what we've seen Kenji's mom do, which is you know live in this mindset of, I just want to save and accumulate more and more and more and not allow yourself to give mm-hmm. um, and also to spoil yourself a mm-hmm. little bit. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's it's a really interesting dilemma and something we think about. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, very interested to hear what all of you guys think. And I know that for us, it's going to change over time, I'm sure, too. So, we'll probably think about this a little bit differently in a couple of years.
1: All right. Well, uh, that concludes this episode. Uh, remember to uh, download our free download uh, called Increase My Savings. Uh, you can get that at semiretiredmd.com forward slash save. And that's just a free downloadable for you.
0: And remember to subscribe to our podcast and give us a five-star review if you enjoy the content.
1: All right, we'll see you next time.
0: The Doctors Building Wealth podcast provides information only and does not provide any financial, legal, tax, medical, or psychological services or advice. You are responsible for your own financial, physical, mental, and emotional well-being, decisions, choices, actions, and results. You should contact a professional if you have any specific questions about your unique situation.